I think the problem is where people can't get in, in routine or rhythm is where they're like, okay, I'm gonna make my bed in the morning, I'm gonna go to the gym in the morning, I'm gonna get meal preps today, and they change, try to change your whole life yeah, in like a week, and then they get, and then they, and yeah. they get one thing done, and then they go, oh, you know, I failed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I said, this is where I used to think like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I failed, I can't do it. Everyone else is doing yeah. it, I can't do it. But success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile ideal or a dream. Yeah. So, did you get, did you make the bed? You didn't make it to the gym, you didn't make, you didn't, you didn't make it to the gym, you didn't do your meal preps, but did you make your bed? Yeah. And you made your bed and you didn't make the day before. Guess what, that's, that's progress. Yeah. You progress, that's called success. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the Millennial Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Agnelli, here with my co-host, Peter Price. Yep. And our guest today, Frankie Lenosa. What's hey. up? Frankie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you're us avid listeners. This is Parker Lenosa's older brother. Yeah, that's right. So if you go back to episode 17, 18, somewhere in that range. Yeah, he's early in the game. Um, we had Parker Lenosa on, who is a great young man, and he's in his latter high school years, but now we have his older brother, yep. um, and I'm sure mentor on, and uh, it's awesome to be able to see the... The comparisons, uh, just from knowing you guys just for these last few minutes, um, and how both you guys are really doing good in life. So it's cool to see that. And shout out to your parents, um, because yeah. they did a damn good job raising kids. Yeah, my, par my parents are awesome, but it's like, you, just so you know, Parker, when you come back, you might be getting swole, but I'll still kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep them in check. Um, now, we, we I kind of know so, so somewhat of your backstory from Parker's, I'm sure it's somewhat similar, to, but you were born and raised in South Florida, correct? Born in Waterbury, Connecticut, okay, um, which is like like thirty minutes away from Hartford. Um, parents wanted to trade the snow for the beach and the sand, and understandable. They moved down here. Very mom, dad, thank you, yeah. thank you for moving down here. Yeah, um, and yeah, moved down here. Went back up and forth for summers, yeah. like my whole life. And but I'm a Floridian. Yeah, I grew yeah. up. I grew up here in West Palm Beach. What uh, high school did you go to down here? I. I went to two different ones. I went to King's Academy, um, and then I really graduated from Trinity Christian, yeah. which is in Lake Worth near Park Vista okay. area. Now, you're a successful business owner, and we're going to jump into that, but in, in kind of sectoring you know, the timeline here, did you go to college? And, and if you did, why or why not? Yeah, I went to college, and it's funny because I met Pete um, in, the, in the service industry, mm -hmm. and... My dad told me, he goes, Frankie, you're either going to pay $800 a month for rent or you're going to go to college or you're going to start a business. Mm -hmm. One of the two. So first route I took is like, all right, let me try the college thing out. Yeah. You know, I had a, the definition of like average, like 2.96 GPA, yeah. <laughs> like just enough to make it by. Yeah. And um, I went to college, did all my did every single class. You know, I, I did the total opposite of what I did in high school. Yeah. I was like, let me at least give it a full shot. And my ENC 1101 teacher, my English teacher, still failed me. So <laughs> and she failed 60% and she got fired. But Damn. she was like, you'll never own a business, she told me, because you cannot write a business a business email. Yeah. Uh. And till this day, I still don't think I can. But <laughs> <laughs> and I told her, I was like, well, I'll hire someone to do that, hopefully yeah. one day. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it was funny because, you know, after that, I, I kind of just took the approach where there's nothing wrong with college and, yeah. you know, if you're going to be a doctor, yeah. a, you know, attorney, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, I just said, you know, I want to be a business owner. I've yeah. always been desired to be an entrepreneur. And I said, I'm just going to go make network a ton in the service industry and just kind of see what happens. And that's kind of like where my entrepreneurial life really started was networking 
over at Blue Martini, which is gone now, yeah. in City Place, and worked there for four years and um, figured out that I didn't like being on that side of the bar. I yeah. wanted to be with my friends. Yeah. And I remember sitting there one day, and I was like, I was taking garbage out at like four in the morning. Yeah. And I sat there, and I was like, there's going to be a day where I, I'm never going to take garbage out again unless it's for my friends or family. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, this is going to end. And I said, I don't care what I have to do to get out of here. I said, I will drop all my friends. Sorry, friends. I did drop some for a while. Um, I won't drink. I won't party. I said, every waking minute that I'm not at this job, I'm going to build something that I own and invest in my skill set. And eventually it took me about one year of working full time, not doing anything, not partying, giving all that up. And I was able to, I didn't call in sick, I called in well. Mm -hmm. Well, I ain't coming in no yeah. more. Yeah. You know? that. And that's, <laughs> and that's where it really began for me. You know what, what I always ask myself is, is like this attribute of, you know, cause for 90 plus percent of the general population, like they will just stay in that blue martini job forever and then they'll go to another job that they despise and then another one that they despise and then they'll die. And then, you know, I feel like a lot of people in retrospect, like the biggest thing on people's grave doorstep is like, I wish I, I made the jump. I made the leap. I, I tried more things. I, I always wonder where this attribute of like, fuck it, I'm going to just make that jump or that leap comes from. You know, is it, is it an innate ability of like confidence in yourself? Is it just being totally fed up with where you're at? And... Um, it was a question I was asking myself, and I'd love to hear your take on it. Like, what was the catalyst for you just finally saying, fuck it, I'm leaving? You know, it really comes down to, you know, Tony Robbins talks about it. I went to a lot of his seminars, and he talks about, like, there, it comes down to a traumatic moment. Mm. You know, like, when someone goes from being obese or overweight to, like, being, like, you just watch a 90-day, a six-month transformation. Like, what the heck happened to this mm. person? What, what? There was some point where they looked down. They could not tie their shoelaces. Mm -hmm. They couldn't see their shoes. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting there. They're like, I had enough of this. Yeah. Enough's enough. That's what it came down for me. I absolutely loved the people I was working with at Blue Martini. They taught me a lot about corporate America and, you know, a lot what I liked and a lot what I didn't like. Yeah. You know, taught me a really strong work ethic there. So I did pick up a lot of great mm -hmm. things. Uh, working there just because, you know, when you're working 12-hour shifts, just doing anything you need to do, um, it's, for me, it was just, it just came down to, I just wanted my time freedom back. Yeah. And, you know, I've been really blessed. My my dad, my uncles, they were all very successful. On, you know, they were successful yeah. entrepreneurs. I'm going to say crazy successful, but successful. And um, they instilled it in me from a young age. Maybe I had belief you know, from a young age that I was like, if they could do it, maybe I could do it. Yeah. You know, my dad raised me around personal development. You know, I have my backpack over there. I, you know, I'm reading two books right yeah. now. Um, you met my little brother, Parker, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you could see, you mm -hmm. know, kind of how my mom and dad raised us. Yeah. They would like put dollar bills in, in the Bible and mm -hmm. put dollar bills <laughs> in Proverbs and, yeah, yeah. you know, just give us books, how to win friends and influence people, yeah. the magic of thinking big, yeah. think and grow rich. Yeah. And, um, I think really my parents, they they showed me that I could live a life of freedom. Yeah. And once I was not free, I, I valued the freedom I yeah. used to have. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, I want that. Yeah. And I'll do whatever it takes 
to get it. Yeah. That's kind of, I know that was a little long, but no, answer, but it's, no, it's, it's perfect. And we had a, a guest, Liz Suit, on uh, who owns several businesses at 45 in West Palm, at 45 nice. in Wellington, and she's opening a restaurant. But when I asked her that question of like, so she's a firefighter as well. And, uh, and when she made that jump of like going from a firefighter, which is, you know, your hours, you know, kind of what to expect in the field and whatnot to owning a business where there's so much unknown, was there stress in that jump? And what she said was so compelling that it was like, no, I felt freedom in the fact that I control basically my mm -hmm. destiny, you know, and I think that's a huge thing and it derives to confidence and there's several other factors, but I think there's a bliss in the fact of like knowing that you're fully in control. I mean, you cannot play the victim card at all, but you're fully in control of anything you want to do. And the reality of the fact is if you want to push those limits and get further and do more, you can. There really is no ceiling on success. Um, so when I think about like people in my life our age or even older that are doing successful things, it's just because they always continue to bet on themselves and they never doubt that the process is going to be a bitch, but that they're going to get to the finish line, you know, whatever that finish line is for them. Mm -hmm. So and go ahead. I, I would definitely uh, agree with that. You know, I've started a few businesses now mm -hmm. and, um, some took off some, they were supposed to be multi-million dollar companies and you know, uh, didn't work out, yeah. you know, where a point where, you know, I broke my lease when I was like 24 years old, bet, I always, I always swung for the grand slam mm -hmm. every single time. You know, I'm like, I don't have kids. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a wife. I said, if I'm going to swing for the fence, at least I know I could go sleep on the floor and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah, yeah, yeah. if I need to, because mm -hmm. no one else depends on me. Correct. You know, so long story, you know, for me, what always kept me going through like the like the try job, and yeah. fail, try and fail. But the, you know, it's the bottom is never the old bottom. Yeah. You know, I'm not breaking the lease of my condo. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna. Okay, maybe you might downsize something, or maybe you're not going on eight vacations. You, you know, you're not. You're, you're the the bottom is always a new bottom. Yeah. And for me. I always looked at success was a, a progressive realization of a worthwhile ideal. Mm -hmm. So it's progress. That's success. It's not hitting a certain amount of money in the bank. Mm -hmm. It's not a certain weight. It's, did I get a little bit better today? Mm -hmm. So when my idea of success changed and it went from a certain point to hit to did I make progress? Am I better? Did I learn a little bit more? Mm -hmm. um, am I a little bit more disciplined than I was in yesterday? You know what? That's a win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in my body, I could, I could, if I was consistent in my body and I could control what goes into my body, if I could control, like just going to the gym once a day, yeah. that always, it didn't matter if I was dead broke mm -hmm. and starting another business, that always translated right into my finances. Because yeah. every, you know, physical, spiritual, mental, your relationships, if you lack in one of them, it's going to, what I learned is you can't just be all in on one. It's Correct. all going to bleed into each other, Correct. you know? So that's what I learned. I was like, if I could always just stay on top of my body and be in the gym and if I could at least control that one part, yeah. which doesn't cost any money, yeah. anybody listening to this, you could control your body, yeah. whether you're broke or rich. Yeah. And if you could do that and you could build that type of little life momentum yeah. and consistency, you're gonna start winning in other areas. Yeah. So that's a big tip I can give to anybody, which yeah. doesn't cost any money to do. Well, when you start controlling the controllables, the uncontrollables seem less of a big deal. And like, 
what I say about that is like when you start forming discipline and every day you do the same routines and the hard things, when hard things come at you in life, because we never know where these unknowns are going to come from, I feel like you react to them differently because you're mentally prepared for the hurdle, mm. right? So if you wake up every day and you do something hard, whether it's a cold shower, going to the gym, uh, reading a book, whatever it is that's a struggle for you, throughout the day when you get the annoying phone call from the client or your tire pops or anything that gets thrown at you, you look at it, you're like, all right, this is a bitch, let's attack it, right? Because mm. if you keep running from your problems, when the unknowns come, you're just going to keep running from them or you're going to be the victim or you're going to cry. And I feel like the more you can prepare your mind and be hardened in that mindset, the more you're going to be ready for the world. The world's a fucking bitch. It sucks. Um, but if you can control your inner being in your temple, then everything else around you is, you know, something. It's just another step, you know. So, um now, Frankie, I want to get into, like, you know, I, I talked about you being a successful business owner. Give me the transition to the business and the steps you made to get into that business. And tell us, you know, what it is you yeah, did. Exactly. Break it down. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I went from doing, being in the service industry, um, and then went from being in the service industry, and I just found something that I could do part-time. And... I wasn't, I wasn't using, I wasn't part-time in my part-time. It was like every hour of my day was in that part-time. Yeah. So I got into network marketing. I got into multi-level marketing. People call it a pyramid, whatever the heck people want to call it. Mm -hmm. It taught me personal development. It taught me how to present. It taught me um, how to follow up efficiently. It like, I was in people's living rooms. Like it's, people aren't really doing that anymore because yeah, yeah. of COVID. They do like things on Zoom and stuff. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I've been out of that industry for years now, but that industry taught me tenacity, yeah. you know, grit. Like I was in people's living rooms driving five out. I would drive in one night and I would do this all the time. Drive to Jacksonville after a shift. I would drive to Jacksonville, show a presentation, hoping there'll be 10, 15 new people in the room, you know, and then present them, you know, it was health and wellness products, yeah, yeah. you know, so I believed in it. Yeah. And long story short, you know, that's what taught me, I, I built, for those companies as a subcontractor, you yeah. don't own the business, but you're yeah. a subcontractor of them. I started, I, I got, I built it to about 15,000 customers um, a few times. Yeah. And then eventually they put me on a lot of trainings yeah. uh, from like 21 to 24, from like 21 to 24, I was traveling around the world, around the country, went to like tw about 20, a little about 20 countries, spoke to every people from three, Groups of three people to mm. 8,000 people yeah. um, for segments of like 30 minutes to an hour time. But I've never been on a podcast. It's hey, kind of funny. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, this is the first podcast. I've been in books. I've been I've been like on, um, uh, what could you say? Um, when you, Like uh, uh, panels. I've been yeah. on panels, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So for marketing, um, sales training, yeah. stuff like that. And they used me because I was like the young guy. I was yeah. 23. Like, look, if he could do it, anybody could do yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. So they want to get their kids involved. They, you know, and I would just... I would get up there, teach, and it was, they gave me a lot of experience because it built confidence in me. Mm -hmm. It's like, for me in the beginning was like, are, are these people like 50 years old? They're listening to a 23 year old yeah. kid, yeah. Yeah. you know? But what I learned is wisdom does, doesn't have an age, whether it comes out of a, a baby's a baby's mouth or an old man's mouth, yeah. it's still wisdom, mm -hmm. right. you know? So Were you always good at speaking and presenting or was oh, that something you had to learn? I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my dad taught me how to present at 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and he was like, it was to my two cousins and my uncle. What and were you presenting then? 
It was health and wellness. Yeah, yeah. It was a health and wellness. A company called Monavi doesn't exist anymore. I know. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Puyo. And <laughs> yeah, shout out Bobby Puyo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My uh, my my buddy Scotty was seventeen, making like tw- like I don't know. He was, he was making crazy money. Like I think it was like forty five to sixty thousand a month at seventeen. Wow. It was like a Come crazy on. store. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if he could do it, I said I could probably make like three grand, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. And my dad put me in front of the room, three people. I'm like a deer in headlights. Yeah. I'm like. Like that, sweating, yeah. sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, "All right, Frankie, say your name. Yeah. You know, go through the, uh, yeah. you know, let's go. What, what do you like about the products? Yeah. What's in them? What does it do?" And he would just kind of guide me along. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, I, I started noticing I was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, this is pretty easy. You know, when you get common results with, with when you get uncommon results with common effort, mm. and people just look at you and they go. You're like good at this. Yeah. There's, a, there's a point where people go, you're, you're good. Yeah. And I'm like, am I good? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, maybe I am. And then they started putting me, then they, I was 15, 16 at a time, so they started using me on stages, you know, like in front of like 100 people. And my dad would come up and do the same thing with yeah. me. And that's where I started getting confidence from there. Yeah. And then that's a young age, bro. Very it young, was a very yeah. young age. Yeah, yeah. Very young. It was, uh, but that's the story of how I started presenting. Yeah. And then that led into going into another company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I started doing contracting work now yeah. in the whole industry. Yeah, it's a hundred billion dollar industry, um, which is multi level relationship marketing. So and you were a consultant. I was started consulting. Yeah. So I was on distributor boards where they would teach. They they said this guy's a young guy. He has syst- He knows how to build systems yeah. on how to get a result. Yeah. Um, teaching a new customer or a rep how to share a product correctly, mm-hmm. and create and duplicate themselves, yeah. which is another rep or another customer or take a customer and turn them into another customer, mm-hmm. or take a customer and turn them into a rep, mm-hmm. right? Where they're passionate about the product line, now they're like promoting it. Like you can even see like a modern day bang or a first form, yeah, yeah, yeah. like with Andy for some, yeah, like yeah, how yeah. he does that, right? Yeah. People are, they don't even get paid from it and they're passionate about first form Correct. because of the culture. Correct. So that's what I would do. Okay. And um, I'd go company to company, fly in, do all that. And then eventually I was sitting there, I, I, I started building courses for e-commerce. Okay. I was like, I want to do, I'm like, I don't want to do something where um, it's based on 1% of the people, 1% of 1% being good speakers yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, orders. So for me, I was like, I want to do something that I feel like if they just follow this list, they could do it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, young you are, you could buy something for cheaper and sell it for something more expensive, yeah. whether you're using fulfillment by Amazon, whether you're doing drop shipping, whether you're doing wholesale, whether you're going to Goodwill and flipping stuff. Yeah. You know, if if you could do if you could just follow directions, you could do it. Anybody could win and make money. So I got into that, got still me and my dad got some stores to like doing some six figure income and I was like, you know what? I I I knew how to teach systems and I recorded me and they would give me like like a million, two million dollar yeah. budgets with a group of like fifteen people, yeah. not just me. And we would put together these training systems. Yeah. I said, well, I already did it for other companies with their money. I know exactly how much the time frames need to be. You know, I could do this for myself. Yeah. And I just started piecing it together and got that, you know, got that to where, you know, my dad was going to kick me out. That was a crazy story. This is not on video. So, you know, <laughs> this is actually my, I, I moved back in with my parents. I was 24 years old. I was like, dad, I go, this idea is going to work. And he goes, he got to the point, they're like, you need to go back to the bar business. You need to go get a job. I'm yeah. like, dad, just trust me. Just trust me. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I was doing like a pre-sale, pre-order mm-hmm. of the course, um, posting my results of my own business for mm-hmm. like three months. And I was like, 
in 60 days we're launching, we're, there's this many spots, and I kept pre, just pre-launching, pre-launching, yeah. taking deposits. And then my dad goes, if this doesn't work in one week, he goes, you're going back. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I made, I remember I, I gambled it all on it, and I made like 26,000 that week. Wow. Damn. And my dad was like, okay, you did it, right? <laughs> and then one thing, one thing led to another, I sold that course information. I wanted to bring that into back into network marketing mm -hmm. to be the first company ever to do e-commerce education. Okay. Yeah. And that didn't work out with that company. Um, make sure your contracts are now written in Dubai law. Good, good tip for everybody. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but I took it in stride, um, built another company called, my own company called Ecom Skills. And then that led into doing something with my good friend, Joseph Carter, who is the founder of Automation Pay, who is the founder of Automation Pays. I'm a partner in the company. And we both had our own thing. We all, we, it was a, like three business owners that we all had our own things going on. And we know we could all run our, our oh. own things, but we we're like, if we came together, what could we do together? Correct. You know, and we're all very humble. We don't have pride. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like we we've been on the state. We don't care about that yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's like it's more about hey, let's create a quality service that's gonna that's gonna change people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that people will get treated well. And we said instead of teaching people how to run these these Amazon, Walmart, Shopify stores, you know, why don't we just take our train our employees because yeah. we were both we were all in education, and said let's just train our employees how to do it, and now they don't have to waste all the time and money because the number one thing is they people would call me all the time saying, Frank, yeah, I don't get this. This is confusing mm -hmm. me, you know, this, that. And I was like, man, I was like, if I had more time because they just really wanted so much of my time and I just couldn't have time for everyone. Right. So we said, let's just do it for them. Mm. And then we made it a full management company. And now it's kind of funny. We were just talking about letting things flow. Yeah. Now we're going and we... You know, we we grew the company. I came on board last year. We went from one million to about ten million, mm -hmm. and it's been such a blessing. And now we're going into real estate and other stuff. But that's I know that was like a crazy no. evolution of a story. But that's how we ended up where we are today, and um, it's amazing. And so, in a nutshell, you are you, the company now puts together these Amazon stores or online stores for a client that reaches out to you saying they have a product to sell, but they don't know where to start on how to sell it? We have a proprietary software that we had developed mm -hmm. um, that goes through the internet and finds products that are trending in high volume. We get about 100,000 products a week. Okay. The products are then cross-referenced um, and showing which ones are the most profitable. Mm -hmm. Then we have a product research team of about 11 people mm -hmm. that their full-time job is to look at what the software kicks back and see which ones have the best margin, how many people are competing in yeah. um, these, you know, these these mechanical pencils. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, how many people are competing, how much inventory do they have, um, and is it worth it mm -hmm. to do this for our client? Because yeah. we work off a profit split. We eat what we kill. So that's so th then we have a whole different team of people that just get you approved get through the application process we have a whole other team that handles all customer service on behalf of the client store so they own the store we're just managing that and are you them. advising them on what they should be selling in the store as well we're not advising and we do it all for them it's so how does the client managed. how does the client find you how does the client find us yeah yeah so i handle most of the marketing for the company um 
most of it, I would say 50% is through warm because people have great experiences. And the other 50% will come through just our videos through TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, SEO, all the different And so what type channels. of person reaches out? Because, like, they don't necessarily need to have a product to sell yet, right? Because you're right. finding the product for them. So, like, what kind of people do you find are These, these are people that want to it, – it's not the word franchise because legally can't say that, but it's like – People that are shopping in between that thirty thousand to to thirty anywhere from thirty five thousand to about seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars is what it would take for our team of people. We have over we have over sixty plus employees yeah. now um, to run every part of their store. Like we have mm-hmm. a thirty thousand square foot facility in what with about twenty two employees in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. So products get received, they get scanned in, checked into the store. Then from there, they get palleted up and sent to the Amazon fulfillment centers, mm-hmm. which is all those Amazon Prime trucks that you guys see driving right, everywhere. Right. You know, and so they're fulfilling those orders. We manage the back end, all the customer service, any questions on products, we're answering on behalf of their store. Uh, we're doing all the product research for their store, making sure we're buying the correct products, the right amount of inventory of those products. So it's any type of returns, we have a we have a warehouse in Salt Lake City, Utah that handles all returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our employees also that handle all the returns uh, on on the client's behalf. So it's a full circle, fully managed full business. So it's someone that wants to get in the e-commerce game or like wants to own an e-commerce business, but doesn't have any knowledge or need to have any knowledge exactly. of where to start. So instead, yeah, instead of them going through the growing pains, like I had one friend of mine I met, he was a banker. Um, he was doing Amazon FBA, so he did all the product research on these dolls, right? And he bought $10,000 worth of dolls. He did a whole year course, mm-hmm. did like, spent five grand on a course, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing. Buys these dolls, does mm-hmm. all the research, talks to the manufacturers out in, in China, mm-hmm. gets them shipped over. They're sitting in the Amazon warehouse selling. He sold about like 30% of them. Mm-hmm. And then he gets an email from Amazon saying, hey, the the one of the dyes inside these dolls Shit. aren't it's yeah, it, it's yeah. not it doesn't go with regulation mm-hmm. so it's if the baby if like the kid puts the the doll in their mouth this is not this you we're gonna basically they said we can't sell this product yeah. where mm-hmm. where do you want us to ship this to wow so wow. those are like stories that happen yeah. inside of this in inside of this industry so instead of people going through all that growing pain and trial and error which could take them by the time they learn about it it could be to be an expert in anything takes three to five years. Yeah. Right. You know, we've been doing this for mo- most of our best people and have been doing it over seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of people having to go through all that, they want to be in e-commerce. They want it, but they just don't have that 20 to 30 hours to invest. It's a real business. Correct. You're handling customer service. You're doing product research. You're handling returns. Correct. You're going to have happy clients, unhappy clients. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, there's going to be product defects where some stuff gets damaged in the mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to have those 20 to 40 plus hours a week to invest into that business to make sure it's ran properly. And if they don't have the time, but they still want to have passive income and they want it to be um, something that's out, they still want passive income, but, and they, and it's an asset that's growing that they could exit one day and they don't, and they don't want it, they want it to be untraditional. Mm. That's where someone like that would come to us. Yeah. So that's pretty dope. It's a genius. Um, a few questions to unpack here, and the first one is basically your client is just fronting the money. 
they're putting the capital and the credit necessary to be able to fulfill purchase orders. Okay. Now, your company business plan is basically taking a, I'm assuming, a cut of the sales of your client, correct? Okay, so what I'll compare it to, because my mind works like this, is like, I'm saying in a real estate sector, I have uh, $250,000, I want to buy into a house that I want to make an Airbnb, and I want a property management company to run that Airbnb fully. I'm going to buy that house, and I'm going to pay that property management company to manage that property, yeah. run everything through, and then I make my cut every month. That's basically how that's it works. That's basically what we, that's, yeah. exa- that's exact analogy that I use yeah, yeah. when people ask me, like, well, what are you guys like? We're like a property management company for Pretty Amazon, sure. Walmart, yeah. Shopify, Facebook stores. Mm. And that's awesome. what we do. Now, in a situation like you just said with the bears where someone, you know, a, a, a friend, you know, bought these bears and there dolls. was a defect, or dolls, and there was a defect to them. On your behalf, in that same situation where you're buying the product, I know you've done the research and you've done all the things, but something happens. Are you eating that? I mean, how, so, how, how in, does that work? So in the case of that, we make sure we have all blanket certifications from our wholesalers and distributors. Like, like someone who's randomly listening to this, unless you have a great relationship with distributors, mm-hmm. they're not taking order from you. Yeah. Um, they they got to know that you're doing, they got to see a, a track record. Yeah. And then once they see that, basically that you're legit and you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're good for it, then they will start doing business with you. Okay. Um, and all of our products, anything that we order that comes through that software that we that we had developed mm-hmm. is all it's already blanket certifications for all of it. Yeah. Okay. So they, that's not something they would ever run into that problem with us. Perfect. That person I met that works at that was working at the bank and he told me mm-hmm. about it. He would. He just didn't. He didn't do the proper. He did. He did a lot of product yeah. research, but right. there was one or two things. If there was a checklist of twenty things he had to check for, right. he missed one out of twenty. Yeah. yeah. And makes sense. And so that's the security they're getting going with your service is that all that homework the, has already been done for them. They're leveraging expertise. Yeah. So they're they're leveraging that they don't have to put the time the time investment in weekly to run their to run their business that they own, um, and. They get to leverage years of experience. And like if you take a mom and pop that are trying to run their little Amazon store, Mm -hmm. they don't have proprietary software. Mm -hmm. They don't have a full customer service team. They're not, they don't have warehouses of people that they only handle returns. Mm -hmm. They only handle order making sure orders are being fulfilled on time. And if products are in and out of stock, like we we have a team of of people that only specialize in each category in each department. Mm -hmm. So it's like it gives them an edge. So they're that's what I would say is we're leveraging that we don't have to come up with mi- tens of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. especially when you hit that $1 million mark with, with uh, credit, you start hitting a threshold. Yeah. Um, so it makes it a cleaner business because every single store is owned by its own entity, which would be an LLC, mm-hmm. S Corp, et cetera. And then from there- And that's the client? The client owns the store, they're in, and then they're in uh, annual service agreement for us to manage that store for them. Um, so you said it earlier, eventually if the client wants to, they can exit that business and sell the entire thing? Yes, we had one of our clients that started a little over three years ago with us. They, um, We got them to about, about a quarter of a million net profit a year, uh, hands-free. Mm-hmm. And last February, so last year around this time, mm-hmm. they, they exited that store. It took a, it, it, they exited that store after about two and a half, three years for $685,000. It was a married couple. Mm-hmm. They wanted to 
the wife wanted to get their home. They always wanted yeah. to get that they had kids coming on the way. Mm-hmm. And you could they, we put the store on a broker site for them. They sold it. We don't take any piece of that. Yeah. Nothing. You know? No, not one piece. We wow. only we only we only get paid based on the performance of the monthly sales of that store. Okay. That's great. So, I mean, I'm sure you were happy for this couple, but business, business-wise, it doesn't benefit your company if the people eventually exit. We could we offer that we offer it to them for us to keep managing that store. Obviously, we do a good job, so they were like you know, they, they considered it. They didn't end up coming with us. They took it for a different purpose. Right, right. Um, who, who the, the, the client who bought that store from right. them. But we're happy for them. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's the course. whole goal of that's it, right? Goal, you yeah. know, it's like they get to, my goal is they get to look back and say, man, I'm so happy I got in business yeah, yeah. With, with these guys at Automation Pays because they set us up for things that we always wanted to do. Now they're in their dream house. It's built. They have, you know, I just got my, I, you would know him if I said his name. I'm not going to really? say it, but yeah, he po- he's posting all the time. My buddy Rick, uh, they just had a kid. You know Brooke? Mm-mm. You know, his store, we just got his store to, thir- you know, thir- I think we said about thirty-five dollars to $40,000 a month wow. in gross sales. And he's having a kid this week. That's great. Wow. It makes me feel great. Yeah, it's awesome. You know? And it's, it's just about having a business mindset and being patient. You mm-hmm. know, it's because it's a real business. It takes time to tenure everything, yeah. age it. And, right. but, so, but I mean, fun. you just talked about that example. Then, you know, from start to exiting was three years. What's like the average, you know, by the time you start seeing profit? Is it, I mean, is it pretty average variable based on, on average? You see, pro, you'll start seeing on average from the, the hundreds of accounts we have. We have, yeah. over, we have over going on 600 stores under our management. Wow. Um, and that's made up from about 300 clients. Okay. So most of our clients do have multiple stores with us, mm. uh, multiple multiple services. So at the average return on investment from what we've seen is about six to eight months. Okay, Perfect. yeah. Six to eight months. So you got to, uh, go ahead. So you said most customers usually have, or have multiple stores with you. Is that just like once you start seeing that profit, most of them want to reinvest that profit into, because you're getting yeah, residual do, income. They'll do like a fulfillment by merchant, which is drop shipping. Yeah. Um, then they'll see, like they'll start seeing results very quick with that. Right. And then they're like, okay, it works. It proved concept now. Right. You know, these guys did what they said they Why were going to do. Why not have two of them? You know, let's, let, me get a, let me get a FBA store, a fulfillment by Amazon store, which is wholesale. And mm-hmm. what's the difference between that? Fulfillment by merchant, we're listing anywhere from 500 to 5,000 products that we do not have on hand uh, that the merchant is fulfilling. Target, uh, Sam's Club, Walmart. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly in a, you know, are we, is the product in stock? If it's in stock, uh, we'll keep it published. If it's out of stock, we'll unpublish it and wait Mm -hmm. to come back in stock. So now we're not buying any product up front. There's no liability in that case where, you know, we're not buying, we're not storing all this inventory. Okay. We're letting Brands Mart, Sam's Club, Best Buy, all them store all that inventory. They use it. And as it sells, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not going on overstock.com right. to find the foldable plastic table, 12 <laughs> okay. foot table yeah, yeah. that's there for $20. They're on Amazon buying it for 50. Why? Because they want it right away. Right. And they're and so that's where we make that margin for the client. Right. Because that was my next question: is why not just go to Walmart.com and buy your stuff? Is it's because the time factor and the, I guess the convenience of Amazon, I guess directly for consumers. well, Walmart everything on Walmart.com. Um, well, most eighty-five percent of the products that are on Walmart.com as of last year um, are now third-party sellers. Wow. So wow. they copied Amazon's. So I mean, do you know they copied the platform? Do you yeah. know? Um, and their business model because it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it? The, you know the Moroso Speedway over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they're like in a big fight with Walmart? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're knocking it down. 
Really? Uh, because Walmart is putting Walmart fulfillment. No shit. Wow. So just how they do FBA and yeah. you see all the Amazon Prime yeah. trucks, right. it's called Walmart Plus. Wow. That's they're competing. And then you're gonna see in the next year, year, year and a half, Target is gonna roll out mm. with their free two-day shipping. Wow. And Amazon's going to one-day shipping. Yeah. And yeah. now they're gonna like Amazon Prime doesn't exist in Europe. Hmm. It doesn't exist in Australia. When that opens up, now that's all new business. Wow. So it's really it's like we're pioneering this and man full man full fully management, full management of e-commerce stores has really only been around for the past few four three, four years mm -hmm. and really dialed in over the past two. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the people that know about it know about it, and the people that don't are just starting to learn. Because they want to be involved in yeah. Amazon, but they're just buying the stock. Yeah. They don't they don't know how to get on or the Or just buying side. shit on Amazon. Yeah. Well, they're just buying. I mean everybody, you know, over over sixty percent of a, a, people over the age of 18 in the United States have an Amazon Prime membership. Yeah, yeah I believe so, it. So, you know, we're all buying on there all the time. It's just now the person could be on the, on the other side of the button. You talked yeah. about stuff being in stock for the stores for a second. Like, do you ever, does the store ever completely change for the same client? You know, like if one day you're selling the mechanical pencils, but now all of a sudden there's no mechanical pencils to be bought everywhere, or like the trend of mechanical pencils ended, will that same store then completely switch products to sunglasses if the if the algorithm or the program says that that's what makes sense? If there is, if we're doing like pencils, pencils is a seasonal item, yeah. but let's say you're doing thermal gloves, yeah, yeah. right? So we'll only, if we're doing FBA, we're buying product up front mm -hmm. and we will only test quantities of 10 at a time yeah. mm. and we never allow people to buy more than quantities of 10 yeah so that they can't say they didn't receive it stuff yeah, like yeah, that you know sure. so we're ensuring the the client mm -hmm. um but when it comes oh that only happens with seasonal items so right now for our amazon like for fba clients where we do buy product up front we do have a lot of product research like the example with the dolls i gave yeah, you yeah. he had to buy it up front and send it to amazon yeah. right. and they ship it as it sells that's the only way to have an amazon prime product because mm -hmm. they have to have the product in their possession to know that they're going to get the free two-day shipping to Correct. them right um like in that case, we started doing product research for Easter back in back in November. No shit. So we were doing Easter products and ordering them in November so they would arrive in February, uh, early February, so they could start selling now. Mm. Wow. Like the Easter egg painting kits, yeah, all that yeah, yeah. stuff, you know? Genius. Mm. You know, I just thought about, remember when the fucking toilet paper and paper towels shortage happened last yeah. year? Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible, dude. If like, a hurricane comes around this season, it's probably going to happen again. Dude, I, I never got that fad. I never understood why that was the thing. Um, I still but, don't. Yeah, maybe there's a conspiracy. Um, I was thinking about Publix Plus, too. Imagine if Publix did an Amazon there. No, it'd fuck. be fine. Fire. You know I'm sold. I already do Instacart. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but Amazon's pretty that? fucking impressive. Well, Instacart's a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And Instacart, What's that? It's like a, almost like a like third-party delivery service for groceries. So I pay $99 a year, and for free, these people oh, will that's go... That's all it is? I have heard of this. It's yeah. great. It's $99 a year, bro, and I get delivery for free every day. I could order is groceries twice charge? a day. Uh, no. Fuck out of here. I, t I tip the driver, but... So, what? That's it? Yeah, $99 a year. Why would you not do that? Uh, bro, I've been telling you this for the last eight months that we've been doing this podcast. And I make fun of you every time. I know you do. I don't you understand You didn't tell me the it. price. You didn't ask. I, fucking, I didn't know. I it it's it's been that price for a while, too, because I went to this... Um, the stay-at-home, the stay-at-home moms like for a chiropractor around here, yeah. actually around this area, and the, the stuff just keep getting delivered. I'm like, what is this? She goes, it's a, and she goes, I, I, I forgot it was Instacart. Instacart. But she's yeah. like, yeah, I don't, she, I don't shop for anything. It all nope. just gets delivered to me. Wow. It's, and they've got like the list of stores that they used to like just be Publix, Target, CVS. They represent like 50 stores now. You can get like PetSmart, Costco. You don't even have to have a Costco membership. 
and they'll go shop at Costco for you because they have the membership. That's and dangerous. then they'll deliver your Costco groceries to you. I wish I thought your... of this. It's yeah, yeah. genius, bro. Yeah. It does sound like a, the kind of business you'd be into. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's simple. So the last thing on the business thing I want to talk about is I find a lot of people in our age that are doing pretty well, yet you have anywhere from five to $30,000 that you want to invest, right? You're not... You know, you're not doing crazy money, but you're a successful little business owner and you got money to invest. Last year I did in Bitcoin. I flipped it. I did all right. Mm -hmm. Didn't lose my ass, but I still had that money and, and I still do to, to, you know, want to invest. What is the, the ground that you need to come up with or the bottom that you need to come up with to invest in one of your stores? They either, we get people um, funded at 0% interest um, within about two weeks. So if someone didn't want to use capital and they wanted to leave their capital in their mm -hmm. bank account, I mean, I would always rather do 0% interest yeah, yeah. on anything I buy. Yeah, that's sick. Um, and keep my cash in my yeah, bank, yeah. right? To have Every leverage. Day. So uh, You're saying it's 0% interest? That yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for, minimum, for minimum 12 to 24 months. Wow. As, wow. Long, as, the cre as long as their credit is over, um, if it's over 700, they're, they're pretty much getting them approved. I've never seen wow. them not get approved within 14 days funded um, for... They're, they're usually always getting people for 30,000 up. Wow. So a lot, I, a lot of, I would say 50% of the people do take the funding option just because I tell them, I was like, listen, I go, if it was me, I would do the funding option yeah. too, because At zero percent, it, gives you, why not? it gives you 12 to 20, uh, 12 to 24 months to get, you now you own a business that's being fully managed for yeah. you. And it's creating passive income and it's an mm -hmm. asset. I'd rather use the bank's money at zero percent interest. It's like having positive leverage on a rental property. Correct. Right. People know? do the same shit in real estate. It's all the just time. With, it's just online property. Right. And people don't understand that yet because you could literally sell the store. Yeah. It it makes once a lot once of the sense. algorithm is working in the favor of that store and it has great reviews, you could literally put anything on that store. You could mm -hmm. make an F, You could do fulfillment by Amazon. You could do drop shipping. You could do private label, white labeled products. Because that product is not, that store is trusted in the algorithm of Amazon. It is. It now will send more customers its way. Wow. That's the simplest way to say it. So now companies will buy that. They'll acquire yeah. it mm -hmm. and they'll use it for private or white label products. And you know, it's 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 crazy. So it's once awesome. more people start understanding that. It's it's an asset that grows that they own that is pass that gives passive income bi-weekly, you know that's and that's what people start getting excited about. I'm excited I'm right now. You got me excited <laughs> here right now, We're dude. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> text you later, yo, bro. What, where do I go? Well, that's it. Yeah, you heard it here. I mean, if you want to start investing and start getting passive income, and you don't know which route to go, if you have a good credit score and you know what you want to do financially, I mean, it's a great option um, to do. It makes a lot of sense. That's amazing. And uh, and you're with and you're with. There's you know, we're a real company, yeah. real in house. Okay. Our employees are really on yeah. payroll. We're not subcontracting out for returns. We're not no, subcontracting yeah. right, out right. for, which there's no wrong. We started yeah. like that subcontracting. Sure. But when you have control of every end of your business yeah. from your tax team and it's all in-house, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it's not, we're not waiting on their business to open. We're calling, we're calling our, the, we, where they're on our payroll so yeah. we call them and just say hey what's up with this yeah you know and what i love most about your business model is you know from a client's point of view like from my point of view i would trust it because you're getting paid based off of performance so if exactly. the store isn't performing and i'm not making money you're not making money mm -hmm. right so you is want that correct you're not just getting your service fee but you also get a percentage of the profit 
So yeah. is there incentive for the store to do well? Absolutely. Everyone yeah. from the manager of that store yeah. will mm. get about will get about five to ten percent. So it'll be like a fifty fifty to a seventy thirty split in favor of the client. Okay. So then but like, everyone on board has incentive to make sure that store does. So good. let's say we yeah, like let's say one of our managers is once they're trained, which takes about three weeks to fully train yeah. them. Um, once they're trained, they're getting about five to ten percent of the growth of that store. Mm -hmm. So we give them a salary, plus we give them five to ten, and we cover that salary. Yeah, yeah, so you guys know that. Yeah. Sure. So uh, five, five to ten percent of the growth of that store monthly, they're incentivized to make sure they do well. Yeah. The manager that oversees that employee to make sure that yeah. everything's ran correctly is getting about ten to fifteen percent, wow. and then us as the company will collect about ten to fifteen percent yeah. as well too. Wow. And wow. then the, the client takes the rest. Right. So every single person and is that, all yeah. vested in to make sure that. If if that store wins, we all win. If it's yeah. not winning, we're not winning. Yeah, you know. So that's see really why you're it. a fucking consultant, cool, Frank. Man. I'm sold. That's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, man. <laughs> I like it. Um. Okay. So I texted you last night. I got a funny question for you. Uh, oh fuck yeah! You don't did, uh. Dude. And we typically switch the podcast from like more serious business to like just shit that pops. I'm up here for it. Mind. Let's go. Um. Uh, as a guy, you you uh you moan during sex? No. You say anything during sex? No, I'm not much of a talker in general, to be honest. Um, you just straight eye contact, serial killer look? You're not vocal? No, dude. I mean, not like that. Like like a, ooh, I like that? Why is my girlfriend laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Frankie's over here screaming. <laughs> no, I don't oh know, man. Oh, my mean, gosh. You don't say nothing? Like, you look sexy. No, I don't. No, no. Because some, well, here's the thing with me, like... I always like hit me with your best line. What you got? Uh, well, that's the problem. You me, look like, sexy. Is that I what you I try to said? do like some fifty grades of say. Okay, what? Uh, what? Um, <laughs> fifty shades of gray shit. And you uh, don't have to do the what. I just yeah, edited yeah, that's it. That's true. You know? um, and uh, it just never comes out right. Like <laughs> exactly. I, my voice so I learned like, that, and I just kept my mouth shut. It's, it's cracking. I tried like a. <laughs> I tried like a, you like that? And it was like, it was like that, dude. It was super awkward. Killed oh the moment. Oh my God. Uh, so, no, I mean, okay. Words will come out of my mouth every now and then. Like what? Give me like an example. Please. Oh God. It's so wet. Probably not. <laughs> you, you like that rung a bell. And I was like, I've definitely said that yeah, before, yeah, yeah. you know? But, <laughs> no, I don't have dialogue for sure. How about you, Frankie? Babe, what's your favorite thing you hear me say? <laughs> <laughs> Call me daddy, bitch. <laughs> E-commerce. <laughs> Drop shipping. <laughs> Drop shit that ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, okay, that was a good question, Nick, yeah. but I don't I don't really know what answer to give you, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, am I silent? Nah, but like am, I'm the same. Am way. I a talker? Nah. No. Yeah. I I almost feel like because it's an insecure question I ask myself is like, should I be vocalizing more? You know, like, do you is it do you you don't like vocals? Yeah, what's your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be in a car ride home, and Frank goes, "Wait, what? You don't like that? <laughs> you never told me that." All right, well, the world may never know. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> unless you go, I, gonna switch it up listen, next time. Yes, listen, unless you go on the amateur side of Pornhub and look up, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Page 62, don't ask. Yeah. Um, so that so came to my indecisive. mind. I don't ask why. Uh, but yeah, that was that was crazy to me. And and I think we also have a skewed view of it because of porn and like of this crazy thing where the girls screaming and the guys like saying crazy shit and it's all working together, but. They're just professional actors. Uh, it's kinda. choreographed. Yeah. 
Um, are okay? What's the vote? Are people like sitting through the fifteen minute monologue in the beginning, or are they skipping? Skip. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it depends on the day they catch you. It's like preheat in the oven. A little How much bit, time you know? do I have? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's a good question. Is it an experience or is it just like a rush of testosterone? You know, but. <laughs> On a good day where, where I have? got good, a good 30 minutes to myself, listen, I want to know the backstory, right? I want to know the backstory. Why are you stuck in the washer? You know, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here? You know, and then I want to know, you know, is the stepmom okay? You know, and, and, and then. It's always stepmom, you know, stepdad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy fetish, man. Stepsisters and stepmoms. It's like, I guess. But, like, I've never heard even, like, from a crazy person who I wouldn't even believe, like, yo, I fucked my stepmom. Like, is that... That's that, probably why it's, like, the yeah, dopest yeah, fetish. Yeah, that's cause... true. Um, and Don't tell your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, porn is insane, bro. It really is. And, like, I it asked comes him, up on this podcast yeah, way too often. Yeah, sorry. Um, but I asked him this question the other day. I said, would it be weird if you were just sitting on your balcony or something, you looked across, and someone's, you know, blinds were open, and a guy was having sex with a girl, whatever it was, and you just stood there and watched. He's like, Would what? it be weird? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what porn is to me, right? Oh, yeah, like, except it's like a zoo in that porn. It's like... Yeah, right. The people <laughs> in the window that you're peeping on didn't sign up to be watched. That's kind of true. <laughs> they watch I guess up, it is they, a little creepy. We live on the 41st floor and in like uh, Las Olas, and yeah. the we always have the windows open, and we just don't stop when they see, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go on a... We should have took the podcast yeah, in this direction yeah. a long time ago. It's like you Frankie walk, was ready for this segment. You walk into my bedroom, there's binoculars on the window. Oh, my God. I thought these were the my, main questions I was coming yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He was so prepped. My um, dad does have a telescope on his balcony, and I always kind of... I know he doesn't give a fuck about the stars. No, what the hell is that guy looking good at? point. You know, listen, whatever... <laughs> whatever... It was so awkward. I lived in an apartment three years ago, and the apartment that sistered up next to me, I guess there wasn't a lot of drywall in between, because every, like, night, these people were getting after it. And I would just them. sit there, like... You know, sometimes it would get Jealous. me a little excited. You five know, sometimes five minutes, that. 15 minutes. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, time to switch That's why he you likes know? to listen to the backstory, because yeah, he's been yeah, listening yeah. to it for years in that apartment. I'd be like, oh, it's 10 o'clock, all right. <laughs> Where's the lotion? Um, but uh, I'm sorry, don't judge me. And um, see, I say things people think, but maybe they don't think out loud. Well, um, you know, if there's one tip I could give, you know, outside of the whole, forget the whole Amazon thing. Yeah. It's called incognito. That's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. That's good advice. That's from an early age. And yeah. it makes you think, like, <laughs> we were born and raised with, like, porn on the internet, but, like, were our dads just beating off the Playboy? You know, like, how did that work? No, I know? think so. I mean, yeah. And, like, just nude still photos? No, yeah. I thought about that, and I was like, because we were the test generation. Yeah, yeah, Like, we were the generation where porn on the, like, on the internet yeah. first popped up. Yeah. Like, we were the test generation and they were like, we hit the jackpot. Jack yeah, yeah. They love yeah, it. Like, yeah. like we're on our 1999, <laughs> 2001 Dell yeah. like computer and your friend at school goes, oh, look this up. And then your, your computer has AIDS, right? It's yeah, like, exactly. And, and, and they're like, what's wrong with it? Your parents yeah. didn't even know there was porn on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They were confused too. Exactly. So they had to like go to like to a gas station and say like they want whatever one yeah. they want. Man, and imagine how awkward that was. Like, okay, so do you think it would change? The ratio of how many dudes were looking at porn, and I guess we'll throw girls in there too because we know they exist. If you had to go to a store and buy the porn, yeah, 
it would definitely be a drastic difference of how many people were watching porn, well, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I would think. you go to the store and buy the porn? Fuck yeah! I, would. <laughs> I don't think I would. Yeah, I'd put it under the milk or something, you know? Like it'd be more the awkwardness of having to look at some other dude at the counter and buy like, the porn. I'm about to go beat off. Hey, can I get um? That, yeah. Captain Cock, yeah. Or, like, yeah. whatever the fuck, you know? I'd like, be like, hey, which one's your favorite? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we only get the seller? stash in the back. Where's Take. the good ones? Well, it's crazy because this Gen Z is going through this, like, OnlyFans age, right? And where, like, it's just crazy to me that on on either side of your opinion of whether you think it's totally okay or you think it's sinful, whatever the hell you think, like, you could have a girl, you know, from high school, there's someone you follow and you know who's just, like, naked online or having sex online and just like it's but to me for some reason and i'm not judging one way or the other it's totally so much more socially acceptable to be like an only fans girl than a porn star do you think or am I uh, my way yeah off no i mean i think it, it's definitely true yeah but i also think it probably helps the porn stars too like because only fans is so socially acceptable yeah. now it's probably more socially acceptable to be a porn star too because yeah. like the line is so Fine. I wonder how much of a, like a like a leap that is. Where you're like, I guess it's the money because the money that these people are making are insane off of OnlyFans. It's right. Weird. If I was a porn star, I'd be kind of pissed probably because like they've been getting the short end of the stick for years, and now all of a sudden these girls are hopping on the yeah. scene that haven't put in all the work, and they're just cashing out on OnlyFans. The crazy thing to me is though, like when you when you see interviews with porn stars. Not that I'm watching a lot with interviews with porn stars, but like who's you know, your favorite one though? Uh, Holly Holston, um, <laughs> but not that I know. Um, but when you when you see these interviews like 10, 15, 20 years down the road, a lot of them are saying like, "Don't do it." Like at the time, I was getting the bag and right, I was see right. whatever. But the residual effect of it really fucks with your head. You know, yeah. your self worth, all of it. Talking about porn, right? Porn, exactly. With and OnlyFans, I feel like that changes. But I don't. I think the the wave of it might. I, like everyone's in in your mid to early twenties or late twenties, whatever it is, and you're you know, extremely good looking and whatever, you know, it is, and you're making $10,000 a month showing your tits online, like, that's great. But will that affect, and this is a question I don't know the answer to, will that affect either your professional life or your personal life down the road? I mean, what happens if, you know, you're a single girl and then you're 29 years old, you haven't done OnlyFans in a year, but you meet the guy of your dreams and... I mean, the short answer is yes, for sure. Yeah. It's going to affect those yeah. things. I mean, I broke up with a girl for that reason. <laughs> Really, and I don't yeah, blame you. I, I don't think I, I didn't could handle know. It. And then she was like, making like forty thousand a month on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> you were more you pissed were about the profits that you well, didn't I get. Really after, yeah. bro, you I didn't open a store with me, and you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I didn't know until my friend sent me a message because she blocked me on all her accounts Damn. that her managers were promoting. Yeah, no shiesty. Way. Yeah, and then I figured out. I was just like, hey, listen. I'm like, the, the, the direction my life is going. <laughs> yeah. I go. I just don't see this working. She's like, yeah, I understand. And that was the end of that. But I, you know, I was talking. We were just talking about this the other day, about like how you know it's not like p people in their young twenties. Like during quarantine, a lot of these younger girls. I'm talking 15, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. Are they look up to all these girls? Yeah. Like some really like like prestigious models, people yeah. that were never doing porn, now mm. going into OnlyFans doing like soft porn yeah. and some getting into porn yeah. on OnlyFans and they're looking up to this and they're like, oh man, why do I need to go to school? Yeah. Right. So are we losing some of our brightest women yeah. that are smart to just easy money? Yeah, exactly. You know, because yeah, now probably. they have it so easy. So that's what I thought about. I have nothing wrong with the, you know, just a clarification, I don't, Sex, no, we don't give a shit. Sex yeah, workers, yeah, they do, do everything. You, you got yeah. me through some of my worst yeah. times. But yeah. always there. 
you and McDonald's. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, for me, it's like, once they're old enough to make a conscious decision, yeah. Yeah. you know, I just think that OnlyFans really got to be on top of that when it comes to, like, how young are – I know they do the verification of identity sure. and stuff like you that, can lie. but still, you could get around that these days. For sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, that's a great point, Frankie. On it. That was a good point. So, Frankie, let me switch gears. Knowing the habits that you have, knowing how disciplined you are, um, do you have, like, daily routines that you follow to keep yourself in line, keep yourself in check, keep yourself disciplined? Whether it's like journaling, meditating, yeah, bro, absolutely, I do, and it's like I got for me, it's like I feel like I'm so ADD, and especially like the more your businesses grow and the more things you do, like you add a podcast, you add, add a fiance, you know, add my girlfriend now, you know, they everything requires time, yeah. So anything I add to my life is also, even though it's great, especially as I got older. I have to readjust and I just have to keep readjusting my schedule and keep readjusting. But the main things are, you know, I journal every day. Um, I've been doing it more like when I moved and I was traveling, like I would miss a few days and I would really feel it. Like I'm like, okay, I didn't Mm. document, you know, there's some, there's something therapeutic about it for me. What are you writing when you're journaling? Like I'll read like, like I have a, um, a John Maxwell journal, mm-hmm. uh, which is based on, le- it's, it's a leadership um, daily journal. So it's very small for me. It's like, I, I'm not overly digesting yeah, in the yeah. morning, but it's just a great way. I put meditation music on, mm-hmm. no lyrics, yeah. um, something, it's called soaking music. Yeah. And it'll just play for like an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Like I won't be there an hour, yeah, hour and yeah. a half, but I'll play that on and just be like, a constant sound yeah. almost yeah and it allows me just to focus on what i'm reading mm-hmm. and then i'll read it try to take something away from it and then it'll ask me a, a question how are you going to do this yeah. like i think mine today was how are you leading in this type of a way yeah. uh the people that are following you and then i just wrote you know i responded to that and then in my other one which is more bible based mm-hmm. um i will just Kind of put like what I'm going through, what my thoughts are of the mm-hmm. day, you know, kind of just like what I'm looking to do. Mm-hmm. And then I have in my um, in my phone, I have an app that it's like, what are the, th- and I also put next to it, but I have a piece of paper and a, a whiteboard yeah. that'll put what are the, before I, I used to do it in the morning, but I do it before I wake up. So I wake up with one more thing done. Perfect. And I'll be like, what are the top five things? You know, kind of like, yeah, I was yeah. always been doing that. 75 hard, yeah. Yeah, but it was like for 75 hard, I was already doing that. Yeah, so yeah, it was right. like, it was, it was kind of easy for me. Yeah. But those are the top five things I need to get done. Critical and then I'll keep on my whiteboard in my room, mm-hmm. the top 10 things I need to get done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously there's like little things I put on the top five yeah, daily, yeah. but top 10 that stay there all week, it's like every time I walk in my room, it's in my face. Yeah, if right. I like, if I didn't get it done, that's just, that's just on me at that yeah. point. Right. So I've like, affirmations I do all that um, my routine is I got to work out when I wake yeah. up in the morning mm-hmm. if I don't start the precedent with getting my motion creates emotion so it's like mm-hmm. when you get your body going you get those endorphins going in the, in the morning for me I go in the steam room too now my yeah. building has a steam room I literally moved there for the steam room I moved there for my routine that's funny you know man. and it's just like I go from the gym to the steam room after I read and everything in the morning um and that's, and that's about it. And then like my routine changes. Now yeah. it's me and Christina grab breakfast at Java and Jam, mm-hmm. which you know I never had. I, I barely ever had a girlfriend my whole life. Yeah. So, 
That's awesome. I'm blessed. But yeah, that's. I guess that would be my daily routine. It does not matter when you move, if you're changing, like changing locations, make sure to get back in that routine. Mm -hmm. um, and that will, even if you fall off, you start seeing level mm -hmm. things in your life, you start gaining a little weight, you start, yeah. you're right. like, let me just get back to my disciplines. Yeah. Daily disciplines done daily build character. And that's a great point, because I always find, I mean, I've been a big, like, gratitude list guy my whole life, and I find that when I'm slipping on that routine, I may not even notice it, you know, because sometimes a couple of days will go by that I don't write, and, like, mm -hmm. it's not like I, I'm going to bed that night going, damn, I didn't write, and, like, I know it. Because if I did, I'd probably wake up and go write, you know? Mm -hmm. But sometimes a couple of days will go by, or even, you know, you get into a slump, and, like, weeks and months will go by that you're just not on that routine, and I'll notice my life changes yeah. as a result you know and i'll be in a slump and i'll notice i'm not feeling great i'm not doing great my mm -hmm. business isn't as on fire like it was a couple months ago and then i'll go oh well i haven't been fucking writing yeah. and then i'll start writing in my notebook again doing my gratitude list every day and like a light switch shit changes you know and it's i don't i can't explain it i don't necessarily know why but it fucking works because yeah it's small winds of momentum correct mm -hmm. it's more it's life momentum yeah. Yeah. and it's like Ed Milet says it the best. It's one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard him say. He goes, confidence comes from keeping the promises that you make to yourself. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, that's, that's last, it's last an absolutely yeah. amazing thing because when you make a promise to yourself, like even the 75-day hard yeah. thing, it's like it builds a self-confidence that I could do this. Yeah. And it's just like you start winning in every area of your life just because you're just so consistent in every single area. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's the smallest thing like writing three yeah. things, mm -hmm. it's like I did it. Yeah. And if I could do that in that area, I could do it in the next area. Right. You know, didn't that's that's how I that line changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's so a good powerful. One. We said it on the last episode. Your your words have weight, and if you don't have respect to those words, how is anyone else going to have respect to those words? Mm. And the less you do what you say you're going to do, you have no respect for yourself, the words, your actions. Neither is anyone else in the world, right? So you want to start having people respect and have confidence in you. I mean, fuck them. You know, their opinion doesn't matter. Have that matter. respect for yourself. But you? have the respect for yourself. Build that kingdom and that confidence. And then you'll realize that I told him the most powerful trait I think anyone could have is saying they're going to do something and do it. Yeah. Period. I don't care if that's in a state of motivation or a state of whatever. You know, you say, oh, I'm going to wake up in the morning and go to the gym. Do it. Right. Because mm -hmm. if you wake up in the morning and you don't go to the gym, you're like, fuck, man, I just already fucked up something in the day, you know, and then that's going to roll into the next. It's going to roll into the next. So and I think a really good comparison, too, is like you watch an NFL game. It's not like the players just run out to the field and start the game playing. They warm up for two and a half hours before the game. Right. So if you think about your day, whether it's a professional day, you're a student, whatever it is, you know, if you just show up to work like a lot of people do, they roll out of bed at seven, mm -hmm. they show up to work, work at 730. You're just walking out of the bus into the stadium and starting the game. You know, mm -hmm. you have to prime your body, your mind, and everything to get into that life. You I, know, I would. I watched a documentary on Jack Nicholson, um, Mickelson, I think, and mm -hmm. and he uh, he said the golfer. He was like, the difference between the goods and the greats is in their preparation. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, um, and he goes, every shot I take, every shot. I mentally vi visualize me hitting it at the speed I'm going to hit it at, the mm -hmm. contact point, where I'm going to hit it on the club, yeah. where the ball's going to land. He goes, I do it every single time. He goes, and if I can't visualize it, I'll step away. Hmm. That's perfect. And it's like if people could really grasp preparation um, and how that really 
adds up to the rest of their day, even yeah. like an hour of it. Correct. You know, even if like people go, well, you know, I want to, I think the problem is what people can't get in, in routine or rhythm is where they're like, okay, I'm going to make my bed in the morning. I'm going to go to the gym in the morning. I'm going to get meal preps today. And they change, try to change their whole life yeah. in like a week. And then they get, and then they, agree. And yeah. they get one thing done and then they go, oh, you know, I failed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I said, this is where I used to think like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I failed. I can't do it. Everyone else is doing yeah. it. I can't do it. But success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile ideal or a so dream. Yeah. So did you get, did you make the bed? You didn't make it to the gym. You didn't make, you didn't, you didn't make it to the gym. You didn't do your meal preps, but did you make your bed? Yeah. And you made your bed and you didn't make the day before. Guess what? That's, That's progress. Yeah. You yeah. progress. That's called success. Yeah. And when people get that, it makes them feel good about themselves. Yeah. Right? When they start feeling good and they get a win, they're like, if I made my bed today, maybe I'll make my bed and make the food tomorrow. Yeah. And then eventually those little, now they're, they're a week, two weeks in right. and they're doing all those things. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't beat themselves up on the way and give right. themselves a credit and pat on the back and you could... Hopefully someone can take this and, you know, apply it to their life. That's yeah, I so think that was well said. That was so good. Good shit, bro. You are reading two books right now, right? Is what you said? Mm-hmm. I assume that means you probably read a lot of books over the years, right? Yeah, I was doing a lot more audiobooks, but, mm. you know, I had to switch into, like, reading just because it would, if I would listen to an audiobook and then if I really liked it, yeah. then I'd buy the hard copy yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's what I do. So and yes, why I do you like reading better? Do you, like, kind of zone out, listen to the audiobook you find, or... No, I enjoy, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the audiobooks. It's just for me, it's just like, I honestly feel like maybe it's from technology over the years that my attention span really just shortened. And I listen yeah. to a lot of like documentaries and stuff on why attention spans are shortening and it's like it's from phones and like yeah. dopamine shootings or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But um, regarding why do I, why do I like reading? Um, you know, I just feel like it sticks with me better, especially when I highlight it. Yeah. And I re if there's something I really want to take away from that yeah. book and apply into my own life, yeah. I'll highlight it and then I'll read it out loud. And then you have a, I think, what is the percentage? Something like a seven. If you read it out loud the next day, you have a 70, 80% chance of retaining that information. Correct. I like that. So uh, that's the reason why if I like the audiobook or maybe I like a few podcasts yeah. from a certain type of an author, then yeah. I will buy their physical books or their most popular ones I like and that. Go, kind of go from there. What's the best one and the most beneficial one that you've read over the years? First one that comes to mind. First one that comes to mind. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm going to say, the, I, I, I'm a Christian, I'm going to say the Bible. So it's like, yeah, if okay. that, that's okay. like, I got the most out of Proverbs and out of, out of that. But outside of faith-based book mm -hmm. sure. for me. Um, it would be probably How to Win Friends and Influence People. I was going to say the same thing. I read that last year, and it was so good. It was so good because... It's just sitting right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, because it really just... People don't understand relationships. People don't understand people and how to communicate with them and how to take the higher road and how to influence them. And I think it's such a good book to read because it really kind of tells you how to play hands that you're dealt with different cards that you're dealt, you know, and, exactly. and uh, how to react to things and work business. So it, the, I would say the best audio book, one of the best is by Jim Rohn. Hmm. It's like the art of a, it's the art of an exceptional life hmm. by Jim Rohn. And there's just so much wisdom yeah. in it. Like, business deals going wrong, yeah, yeah, like yeah. how to recover from that and yeah. like get get off the mat, like things that like, unless you have a mentor, like like that's really next to you yeah, that went yeah. through those things, yeah. like you don't know how to like navigate those waters yeah, yeah, yeah. unless you learn from people that documented it 
and put it on paper or put mm -hmm. it on an audiobook for you to learn. Sure. So that would be, I'd say that I've listened to that audio recording, um, The Art of Exceptional Living mm -hmm. by Jim Rohn. Great, yeah, great audiobook. Good I love that. Well, I think that was a powerful episode, and I think that, um, I'll tell you this straight up, I was always, and we joked about it, we had a, a guest, the second guest we've had on, which was Sam Olsop, and he did a lot with e-commerce and drop shipping, and mm -hmm. I'm, my dad's such an old-fashioned guy, and I'm a blue-collar guy in construction, where it's like, oh, those fucking drop shippers, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. those Amazon stores, those e-commerce guys, mm -hmm. and like, you make fun of them in the blue-collar world, like, oh, put your fucking boots on and grab that hammer. Yeah. Um, but the more I learn about it, and it, life's about becoming educated, but the more I learn about it, it, it's honestly, guys, it's not going anywhere. I'll tell you that fucking right now. And anything that Paige buys, my fiance, is all off of Amazon. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and I think it's a really smart thing. If anything, if you have any questions, contact Frankie. Text him, message him, because... Like I said, it's there, and I think it's there to stay. It's not going anywhere. I'm not going to say you're going to get in early because it is around, but if you see the bell curve, like you said, there's a lot of countries that's still not even happening in yet. Not even open. Um, so it's a great it's opportunity if you're looking to invest, even if you don't have the capital, but you have a good credit score, you could finance and uh, start thinking money and residual income long term, mm -hmm. not just going to the bar or buying the fancy car or the watch. You know, start thinking long term wealth and how that's going to happen. Yeah. So. Get informed. Yeah, Get information. Right. It's out there. Frankie, thank you for coming on today. It means the world to us. Guys, we'll put his information in our bio, and we will see you guys next week. This is the Millennial Mentality. Peace. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hey, you. You over there. Have you liked and subscribed to our page yet? I need you to like and subscribe to our page. Slow Zoom. You need to listen to me now. You best subscribe. <laughs> Keep if, it going. If on Elon Musk, if you don't like and subscribe <laughs> to this page right now, there best be some problems Are up in here. Listen, have you bought our merch yet? What? See our uh, TikTok page yet? Mm? We've been TikToking. You best like that TikTok page. Oh, Share to your friends. What? <laughs> 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 <laughs>